Welcome to another episode of Dumb Binge Binging. I'm Josh. And I'm Tegan. And through a great, great odyssey, we have a special guest with us here today. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want me to introduce you? <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> this is Marilyn. Uh, I was very excited to have her on today because we've known each other for uh, for over a decade now. Um, I oh, think. Geez, yeah. Yeah, I think we met like what when we were eleven or something. Yeah, fifth grade. And. Uh, <laughs> She is the biggest fan of Avatar that I know, so I <laughs> desperately wanted her on this podcast. Um, she's not at all, like, foreign to either of us. Like, obviously, like, her and I have, have been friends for a very long time, but she's actually a part of our D&D party that we tried to <laughs> get on the Halloween Town episode with and that kind of didn't happen. So Yeah, and we, she also got, watched like, just a Ellie, good right? chunk of Yeah, it ended up with just Ellie. And then we she watched a good chunk of nineteen eighty four with us too. Yeah. Yes. But nineteen eighty four is like it's a miracle that any of us finished nineteen eighty four. So I could not um consciously put you through 1984 uh josh and i already signed up for it but i knew you you would be down um very exciting episode i'm so excited to hear your thoughts on it for more than like passing where i didn't understand anything so (laughs) i'm i'm excited to be here i'm very passionate about avatar the last airbender (laughs) since i was like what freshman in high school yeah um so i have thoughts and they're here (laughs) (laughs) so this is um i mean like we don't really have a cohesive way we do these episodes but i do want to get off the bat like this has been my first time fully viewing avatar i've seen a couple episodes here or there when i tried to view it um, through less legal means than Netflix, <laughs> if we want to s- phrase it that way. Um, because of that, I also watched them completely out of order. So <laughs> having a full context of the linear story progression um, fares a lot better than just fucking watching any episode that um, a one, two, three movies type of website has given me. So. <laughs> very excited for this experience um i've watched this series six times now all the way through <laughs> oh my gosh it's my favorite show of all time um, yes i first watched it when it was originally airing on nickelodeon um i remember being like at a family event and like watching this series finale with my great grandpa in his room. Because <laughs> um, he let me watch it in there because I wanted to watch it so bad. <laughs> and he watched it with me. Um, but 
this is the, like this is the only series that I actually own. Like I have I have a lot of movies because I usually get movies for like, but I don't really own a lot of TV shows. I have like a season of a couple others, but this is the only like full series that I deliberately went out and bought. And that was because fair. there was no like other way to really be able to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, fully just like this is the only chance I was able to watch it, and I yeah, yeah. of it. <laughs> Very understandable. Um, Marilyn, do you have an exact count for how many times you've watched Avatar? All the way through, from beginning to end, probably like three times. But then the amount of times I've just gone back and watched some of my favorite episodes, I don't really remember. But all in all, mm-hmm. through and through, three times. Okay. Okay. It's not too bad. I think my sister has um, hit four since we viewed it together. Oh my gosh. And that's been like a couple months. Oh my so. god. I also watched the entirety of Avatar within the span of like a weekend. So, I mean, it is a kid show. It's it's like allotted the time for a kid show episode length. So it's not like, that's not a feat. It's like 20-ish minutes per season and like 20-ish minutes per episode. So, yes. like, it's it's not, it's not at all like, I've watched a full season of Glee in a, in a weekend. Like, <laughs> that I feel like is a lot more. That's a true... Un- <laughs> <laughs> but I just... I loved Avatar so much. Like, it's... I can't believe how good this show was. Um, so, like, the reason this is the first time I watched it is because I had a pretty overbearing mom in my childhood and um i had to beg to be able to watch powerpuff girls so avatar was fully off the table (laughs) and um so the only way i could do it was when i was an adult unfortunately (laughs) because i would have i don't know i would have really loved to have this during my childhood this was such a good show (laughs) i mean we could probably, we should probably get into plot. I don't think there's a lot of people that don't know the plot to Avatar. It's very popular. Yeah. Um, there's a sequel cartoon and a questionable movie adaptation. So, <laughs> like people know of Avatar. Explain it kindly. <laughs> <laughs> there is as, there as... is no live action movie in Bossing Tay. <laughs> Oh god. Um I just I I can't believe how well this show put like a like a wartime narrative into the scope for to be able to under, be understood by children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's this show is so well written. Um and really yeah. beautifully animated too. Like Oh yeah. Yeah. The animation still holds up really well today. I can't get over it. Like, I have not rewatched it since, mostly just because I had to immediately undertake Once Upon a Time, <laughs> uh, which takes a lot from you. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I, I can definitely see myself revisiting this. I'm probably going to do another attempt through Korra, but even even trying to watch Korra as it aired, I could tell it was not what I was told Avatar was. So No, it's definitely not the same. I've never watched Korra because um, mm-hmm. I've just never had an accessible way to watch it. Um, it is coming to Netflix soon. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's coming to Netflix in like two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably will watch it, but I know I'm not going to like it as much. Yeah. I did watch it as it was airing for a bit. I think we, Marilyn and I watched a couple episodes together <laughs> at points. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I I was just, when it initially came out, I was just really excited about there being a sequel. So I was like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. sequel. But then actually watching it, I kind of, I don't know. I, I'll just say that I really liked Avatar The Last Airbender more than I did. Yeah. But it's still, yeah. it's still not a bad show. It has its good points, like their representation. And then also having an Avatar who's a girl. But I, I just like Avatar The Last Airbender more. Understandable. I, I just, I also think, because we, we have to mention this, because it's, it's amazing. There's not a single fucking white person in this show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, aside from voice actors, which this was 2005, there was, I mean, it's still an issue. People are just now stepping down from characters that they should not have been voicing at all. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the vo- like, voice actors aside, none of the characters... None of the nations are based off of any European nation, um, which is just amazing. I mean, like, it was also written by white people, so, like, it can only go so far. But, <laughs> again, it was, like, 2005, and this was one of, like, the biggest draws for Nickelodeon at the time. I, It's outstanding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. I almost look at it in a way as like it's like a reverse of an anime yeah because anime bring really western ideals into a japanese medium and this is bringing really eastern ideals into a, a an american medium mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i know there's like a lot of contention between like for like a lot of communities of like whether or not this classifies as an anime i don't give a fuck enough <laughs> to really weigh in no yeah um, I, I think I think, like, artistically, it looks like one. Mm -hmm. And, like, again, it is... Yeah. It is Western animation. It's not anime. Yeah. But it's not, like, a big deal if some people consider it anime. I just... I don't know. I think maybe we should defer to, like, people within the anime industry on whether or not they would like to consider this, but... It's, like, a hot topic of debate there, too. So like, yeah, it's better that we just don't get into it. Period, no, because yeah. that's it's it's a topic of much contention. It's a good show. Is I guess the bottom line. It's it's again, a very, so, very good. It's so well told, story wise, for the intent of like I think it was like TVY seven is the audience. Yeah. So like. It, it's aiming real low for viewership. 
And and I don't think that those kids are going to be alienated exactly. with the storytelling. No, because the story. This is what I really like about it is that the storytelling hits the target audience, but it's also good enough that like I can watch it now, or like parents watching it with their kids or anything can like fully be immersed in it and enjoy it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's just because it didn't fall into the trap that most like western cartoons fall into where it's like it's for kids and kids don't understand shit yeah they the writers of this show actually understand that kids aren't stupid yeah yeah and that i'll say that was especially surprising coming from nickelodeon yeah who was pretty (laughs) much exclusively known for making really stupid shows up to this point yeah like, I think this but, um, show really helped the channel it, a lot, like, with their public yeah. image. It helped mature the channel a little. Yes. Which is, like, obvious, like, to, to keep uh, viewership numbers up, especially, I think Teen Titan was, was around the same time, mm-hmm. and that was very much, like, a pre-teen kind of demographic. And I'm, I'm not gonna say it didn't catch me. Uh, no, that's really, like I wouldn't mind exploring that in a later episode too, because that is also one of the best cartoons of all time. But fucking love yeah. <laughs> but that's um, not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> no, and like I don't want to spend too much of this episode talking about stuff that isn't Avatar, because again, blown away. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I guess the general plot we can it's it's difficult when you start getting into it because again it is about like decades long war i think maybe like a century long war at this point yeah yeah because like he's been gone for a hundred years so that's a full century so like over a century long war so like obviously there's a lot of stuff that's been happening while a has been mia in the fucking iceberg (laughs) So, like, a lot of arcs get into some, like, really deep stuff about, like, war and imperialism and just, like, the effect that all that has on, like, people and, like, their specific circumstances mm-hmm. that obviously, like, a general summary is not going to cover. And I I don't think we can cover just generally who we are. Um, so, like, not everything is going to get touched on. Honestly, okay, biggest but... way I can say to sum up the plot, at least up until the show starts, is like literally, if you somehow have not seen it, just go to YouTube and watch the intro. Honestly, it yeah. Up everything, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the conceit is there are four nations in this world. Each of them um, is inherently tied to, and some people can manipulate a specific one of the four elements and then there is an individual who is the avatar who can uh bend all four of the elements yes and um before the plot happens the last avatar was a fire um born of the fire nation so that means once he dies the next avatar after him is going to be of the uh air nomads Mm-hmm. So that's what kicked everything off. 
um, corrupt imperialist emperor of the Fire Nation kills, or I guess enters a situation in which he is able to let the current Avatar die, and then he goes on a crusade, or he goes on a genocide against all air nomads so that he can wipe out the next Avatar. He's just gonna theoretically keep doing this until it's another Fire Nation um, citizen who he can, like, control from birth, essentially. And, like, again, we can't really discuss this without getting into, like, real-life implications. Like, it's clear, like, they're, as we've stated, based on existing Eastern or Asian cultures. And so, Mm. like, we have to at least acknowledge that, like, the Fire Nation is based on Japan for that specific imperialist kind of uh, action exactly. <laughs> towards all the other nations. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the general gist. Um, Aang was already declared, he was already told he was the Avatar before this happened. And then the attacks happened and he ends up in the South Pole. Yep. And um, he gets frozen in a block of ice for a hundred years. So they've the rest of the world has been living avatarless for a hundred years. And this little monk child has been in the ice for that entire time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean questions of that as the series goes along. Like Yeah. A lot of people just don't believe that the Avatar exists at all anymore. A lot of people are actively resentful towards him when they find out he does exist. And it's. it's I don't know lot. where I was going um, with that. But <laughs> no, <laughs> again, like it's part of like the discussion that the show has about like war and everything. Yeah, it's hard, and like it's wonderful that they included it in the show. Like you can't like. It's great that children in these situations have shown how to appropriately address that. Yes in, like, a healthy kind of fiction manner. Um, But also, it's difficult to discuss, especially since, like, within America, we're never going to be, like, on the um, side of the people that are getting invaded. Exactly. So. Um, Kind of a good... We can kind of go with... We can kind of introduce characters as we kind yeah. of summarize some of the plot. So Aang, as we already said, is the Avatar and the Last Airbender, like thus the show's title. <laughs> the titular. <laughs> um, um, he is fuck. found by... Actually, let's talk about Aang a little first yeah. and then we'll keep going. <laughs> let's do character reviews as they come in because... okay. There's a lot to say about a lot of the characters, and I feel like that's yeah. going to be the episode. <laughs> uh, so, Aang is a very, very sweet boy. I've yeah. heard somewhere lurking there's a group of people on the internet that hate him, and I can't imagine being that kind of a person. How? Literally how? how? Like, he's, such a, he's just such a sweet boy. He's like... He has done nothing wrong. He's trying his best, and also he's been, like, essentially in a coma for a hundred years. And he's 12, and he has to save the world. Like... For a a lot of the show, he is the youngest main character. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, so, like, 
I don't get why people are upset with that. Like, he's 12. Well, I've seen arguments online that I, I think it just comes down, like, they're comparing him to Zuko. And mm-hmm. I've seen some arguments that, oh, he's not as an interest. He's not interesting. Like, his character arc isn't as interesting as Zuko's. And I think... Okay. Aang's is interesting. It's yeah. It's very interesting. It may not be the type of redemption arc that Zuko goes through, but Aang's I was going to say, they're not really... Like comparable characters, exactly. Like, they have different journeys, and they're going through different lessons throughout the show. And I, I think, think I actually think pretty much every character has really good character development and stuff. I know Zuko's is like the most noticeable, but his is mm. the only one by a long shot. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. Like, and a lot of the arguments I've seen are like he's like a weak avatar and like comparing him to the previous avatars but the previous avatars you hear about as their adults yeah exactly like all their accomplishments ang is just beginning like, literally 12 he's 12 <laughs> he got frozen like a a couple days after he was told he was the avatar and he was told that he was the avatar early and then he was immediately able to access the avatar state so like this and he's being reintroduced to the world a hundred years later into the middle of like a terrible war yeah and finding out that his entire people are dead yes yeah technically not like literally but like in his mind because of him Mm -hmm. yep and yeah like god i get like thinking about other characters journeys and like all these characters, because they're children in war, are like they're traumatized. Exactly. <laughs> and they're dealing with this trauma in separate ways. And it's mm-hmm. different traumas. And I just I don't I don't feel it's conductive to compare them in any like It's not and sense. I really like Aang's journey because he does develop as a character, but he's also the one who I feel like stays most true to himself all the way to the end. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Like the way the series ends, Ang is still Ang. He's still Ang. He's still trying to do things with the least violence and the most compassion possible. And I <laughs> love him for that. I don't know what people expected from him. I don't like. like <laughs> did people really? It just said like, several it... times. This is not a spoiler-free podcast, so this is going to be like. A major spoiler, yeah. but like, did they just expect him to like just fucking go ballistic, kill, kill the Fire Lord? Like, that's not Aang. <laughs> no, <laughs> and it goes against all the values he learned while being a monk. Like, exactly. And then on top of that, he is strong, but I think people fail to realize that the, his spiritual, because it's not just the elements. There's also the spiritual side mm-hmm. to being yes. an avatar. He's like one of the strongest when it comes to the spiritual side of being an avatar. Something that Korra really struggled with. Exactly. Yeah. Something with that Korra and the avatars before him have all struggled with. He like he like he had more trouble learning to be a firebender than learning to bridge himself to the spirit world. Exactly. Yeah, so like I don't and like also like his firebending issue is like he was pushed to learn it out of order. Yes. And mm-hmm. that resulted in him getting frustrated and him injuring somebody that he cared very deeply for. Yes. And also, and that, like, he was actively he w- assaulted by many firebenders. So, like, 
<laughs> well, and there's also just in a sense of like how we see the elements work. Fire is the most volatile. Well, and in a sense, most as far as like like as far as the element itself goes, up here. Mm-hmm. Like as far as the emotional side of it, I feel like fire is the most opposed to air. Because yeah, we yeah. see how people set the airbenders are and we see with the firebenders that it's all about giving in to their emotions and stuff. And like yeah. the passion and the heat of the moment and airbending is kind of the opposite of that, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just I think he's a wonderful character. I love him so I, much. I think people judge this character um, without realizing that he was essentially 12 and um, told to fix the entire world exactly. after a very long nap. He's very strong when you think about it. That pressure yeah. that he must feel. Yeah. No, he's... Like, he... like, I can't say that he's my favorite character, but he's up there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Aang is a really great vehicle for the story. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, because he essentially is the plot, it's hard to really, like, relate to that character. Yeah. I do have a favorite above Aang, but, like, after that, it's really just, like, up in the air. Um, <laughs> I have my favorite. <laughs> I have two that I, I like more than Aang. Um, but, but you like Aang but, a lot. Yeah, he's amazing. So, he's just a sweet little boy. Yeah, so then Aang is found by Sokka and Katara, two siblings from the Southern Water Tribe. Um, so, so um, who do we want to talk about first out of those two? We can, let's try Sokka just because the story kind of deals with him a lot less. Okay. Um, Sokka so- has actually actually maybe even above Zuko like my favorite character journey in the show yeah Mm -hmm. because he goes from a misogynistic little asshole to somebody (laughs) who cares deeply for anyone and everyone and a true leader yeah god I fucking I can't I love like the soccer like misogynist to like like (laughs) (laughs) drinks respect women just 24 7 (laughs) like he speed ran that he did and i love him so oh my god yeah and that's like but you do continue to see him grow yes the show goes on and i i think what i really like about Sokka is that he's the kind of character where he's content to kind of sit in the background yeah, yeah. But nothing ever gets done until the episodes where Sokka is in charge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't particularly know if he's the overall like gang oldest, but he is the oldest for quite some time. I'm not sure if Zuko's older than him, but up until that I where think I get they're confused. roughly the same age, but I could yeah. be wrong. So like <laughs> it's he he starts the show at like Katara starts at like fourteen, so he's like sixteen when the show starts. Katara, um, I think it's Katara's thirteen when the show starts, mm-hmm. and Sokka is either fourteen or fifteen. I'm not sure which. Oh, I didn't know they were. I thought they were two. 
That's a, I think he might be 15 when it starts. But I know Katara okay. and Anger are only a year apart. Okay. So um, Sokka is the only non-bender of the main group of kids. Yes. And, like, his whole arc is just, like, him <laughs> constantly dealing with, like, feelings of, like, mediocrity compared to everybody else. And, I mean, like, he was misogynistic for, like, two episodes. Very glad. <laughs> Very glad we got over that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could have watched the show past that if he continued to be a No, I'm glad he, like, learns from it really quickly. <laughs> 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 one girl flipped him like like in a fight and he's just like okay I guess women are superior to men <laughs> and I was wrong <laughs> and I think that's the perfect character arc and like then they have a whole show to go yeah and then um, I also just really like Sokka because even though he's a non-bender he's not like like he's still highly respected by the rest of the group, but also by his enemies. Yeah. Like Azula is more afraid of Sokka than any of the benders in the group. Which is why because non-benders are there's like a whole Tumblr post about it that I really like because mm-hmm. it's like non-benders are unpredictable. Like you don't know what they're gonna do. Mm. And they're more like because they live in a world with these people with all these powers, they have to think on their feet more than benders do because they're constantly going to be facing people who are theoretically more powerful than them. Yeah. So they are going to be more strategic and more like, and smarter about the things they do. And I think you can really see that Sokka a lot of the time. Exactly. I I just, I think he's very well written. Sorry. Yes. No, and I, I really, really like Sokka. <laughs> <laughs> and just his upbringing being, I, I think I saw mm-hmm. That he was like the only warrior, like male warrior in his tribe. And so his upbringing of having to protect all these people also contributed to him being so strategic and smart. And I mean, exactly. He was left at a really, very young age to defend their entire village. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I know it was played for like comedy's sake, but like the scenes when like, Zuko first shows up at the Southern Water Tribe to get the Avatar and Sokka is left defending the whole village on his own and he has his troops which are all the literal like literal like toddlers they're like six I believe is what the show said yeah that he was left with that he had to like train and they can't hold like any weaponry so he has to like he has to compensate (laughs) for that yeah. As well as, like, make sure that he doesn't get any children killed while, like, he's been trying to train them in case, like, something happens to him. And then they're the last line of defense. It's very heartbreaking. It and, is. Like, um, I have so much respect for Sokka. And I, it might just be because, like, I project onto any older sibling in any show. <laughs> like, it's also just my like... attachment to Edward Elric is, like, through the roof just because of that. <laughs> so It's also just, like, Speaking of that moment, like, really shows how good and well-rounded the show's writing is because that moment is simultaneously comedic for, like, Mm -hmm. the kids watching, but also you see, like, behind the comedy, everything wrapped up in it, too. Yeah. And it's it's, it's so good. 
it's frightening. It's a frightening image of children preparing for battle. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, not much else to say on Sokka, honestly, just because he doesn't get a lot of screen time to really like fight or anything. No. There's until like the last couple battles where like he is physically like breaking his own bones to protect other people. Yeah. And like it's a very good Sokka moment, but like he kind of sits in the background and is like dunked on for the rest of the show consistently. Uh which is unfortunate. But let's go back to Katara now. Um Um Katara is one of the two that I briefly mentioned earlier that I would put above Aang in my favorites. Mm. I really, really, really like Katara. Um, I think just partly, like, she kind of has a more subtle character journey than Mm -hmm. some of the other characters where she doesn't really change a lot, but I feel like she... While she doesn't, like, change a lot, she still grows a lot, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think most of Katara's growth, she is the character that, instead of having a straight upward climb, she dips the most and has to really work to get back. Yeah, she's faced with the most, like, obstacles, I feel like. Yeah. But I feel like similar to Aang, she really stays true to who she is in spite of everything that mm-hmm. she goes through. And that's why I really oh, like yeah. her. But I also just really like her because she's like the quintessential like mom friend. <laughs> like yeah, she is. Like her worrying and anxiety is the only thing that keeps the rest of the group alive <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Sokka and Katara really are, like, paramount to the group's survival half the time. Exactly. Like, if it was just Aang and Toph and Zuko, they would all be dead in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, the, the group energy without the two Water Tribe siblings is, like, the rankest shit. That's <laughs> evil. Those are children who would have, like, fucking, like, yeah, I can live off of, like, Butterfingers and Butterfingers alone. And then, like, <laughs> they get dehydrated and pass out. So, like... But, yeah, I, 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 I don't really know what to say other than that I just really love Katara. hmm Yeah. And also, like, arguably even over the Avatar himself, the strongest character in the show. <laughs> like... Okay. She learned she learned how to heal people with water bending without any training. That's fair. And that's something that is canonically in the show only the most advanced waterbenders in the entire world know how to do. And she just said, "I love my friends. I'm going to do this." <laughs> <laughs> like a very anime like plot contrivance is like, "I love my friends and now I'm very powerful." Also just like a much later thing but like the blood bending. Yeah. Like she did that with no training whatsoever. When oh, yeah. it took the actual original one, Hama, 
like years to perfect it and mm-hmm. Katara was like okay I'm gonna do this to you because you're trying to kill my friends and I hate you I love my friends I can bend people <laughs> <laughs> exactly and I love Katara so much <laughs> I just I think I don't know Katara is probably my least favorite of the gang because she is a vehicle to for the writers to harm a lot of the other characters with like the most insensitive shit said to them that's fair yeah but like but, I'm not gonna say that she's a bad character and like she's also a child, so <laughs> it's all like understandable. Yeah. I, just, I feel I have a lot of issue for like the storylines where it's like Katara's like angsting about her mom dying and like she'll actively attack Sokka for trying to stop her. Mom you don't understand. Also you died. don't love mom. And it's like, no, that was the same fucking mom. And it's yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that, but I also yeah, I think because I like I, I'm a middle child, so I understand the younger sibling aspect of why she says the things she says. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like Katara embodies her element along with Toph. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. no, they all embody their element very well. Rather that I just feel like. When I think of Katara, I think of water. That intuitiveness, yeah. that yes. powerful... Because she's a very powerful bender. I, I love that she embodies water so well. I agree. And she even has like that... Like ebb and flow of water. Yes. There's like ups and oh, downs yeah. and like... Unpredictability with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like a predictable unpredictability where like... You don't know what like, she's going to do, but you know it's going to end up for be the wild- group, basically. Yeah. I And, like, I don't think you were incorrect in saying that, really, like, Katara and Toph are the main ones that I think of that fully embody that element. Because, like, I don't feel like either of those characters really had to fight to get an understanding of that element and like mm. we can't really take Aang as a full example of air either because he has to have at least the inclination to deal with all the other elements yeah I agree and I also think like we'll get to it later but I think Zuko is not the most fire firebender we see no no <laughs> no it's very clear who that is yeah exactly <laughs> um, um, but I also agree with, with what you said about Aang Toph and Katara are the two that are most in tune with their element, just in the fact that we see them both regularly be the most powerful bender of their element. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, with Toph it's a lot different, because like, she was like, clearly like, innovative in that, and it's just yeah, like, I have a lot of feelings about Toph. (laughs) Um, And like, we'll get to them when we introduce Toph, but like, Katara is so quintessential waterbender. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, like, and it's unfortunate that it's not just, like, the isolated southern water tribe, but both water tribes that are so incredibly misogynistic. Yeah. It's just, like, there's inherent rules in their society that dictate who can bend and how they can bend. And since Katara was the last surviving bender of her tribe after the fire nation wiped everybody else out she didn't really and like there are no males to kind of enforce that 
strict like definition of what it means to be a waterbender on her besides like her shit ass 16 year old brother who just hates women in general yeah like you're not gonna respect his fucking opinion (laughs) um so like i think it really gave her like better access to just embody waterbending as a whole yeah because she she's not strictly relegated to just like healing and like more like homemaking waterbending or the aggressive like defensive like fighting bending that the males no, are allowed all of it and like she, she and she, she, she did it all on her own yeah and she teaches herself the two hardest things with waterbending on her own which is healing and ice which are like exactly. two opposite ends of the spectrum so I, f- I, I fully appreciate this character and you're like not wrong and you did not have to walk back on that. Like, I think Katara is the best at really understanding her element. Yeah. Uh, um, so then who's next, next? I think next logically to go to of main characters would be Zuko and Iroh. Okay. Um, so Zuko is the prince of the Fire Nation. He is sent out on what they more or less think is like a hopeless task of finding the Avatar to restore his honor. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Poor <laughs> A lot of... So... A lot. And he's sent so with good. his uncle, Iroh, who is also like... by the Fire Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Suzuko is my favorite character. Who didn't see that coming? Like, yeah, I, was, like, <laughs> I have parental issues. Of course, I'm gonna love people <laughs> the most. <laughs> um, Zuko. Yeah. Oh my god, Zuko's character journey is the most obvious one, but it's still really yeah. well done. Um, because he goes from like angry. <laughs> yeah, he goes from an antagonist, angry, hating his opponents hating his family hating himself to basically just this really socially awkward teenager who just wants to try to make up for the things he's done and the things his family has done and Mm -hmm. god i love zuko he yeah again like everybody points to him as like the example of the amazing storytelling of avatar and like they're not entirely wrong. I will say I was frustrated with how often he flip-flops, but yeah. in general, like just because I don't feel like there's a lot of screen time to award him that, like I don't know. I understand that it, it makes sense like as a person that he would have doubts about like going against everything he's been raised to believe, like what he starts the show at like what 15, 16. He's a, yeah, like around Sokka's age. So, like, he's in mid to older teens. Like, it's quite a lot that he has to reevaluate and completely relearn. Yeah. But, um, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> I, I don't, I guess it all just worked for me because it mimicked my own journey with like getting away from the influence of my dad. Mm -hmm. 
And this and, show was like coming out at the same time as I was like realizing dealing. all these yeah. things about my dad and stuff. So that's so part of it is I think it is well done, but part of it is just very deeply personal. I really really oh, yeah. didn't love Zuko. <laughs> <laughs> but um It's hard to speak on Zuko just yeah. because Part everybody speaks on Zuko. Much exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, I don't know if I have anything new to say about Zuko. I really love him. He's he's a fun character. I I think it's really well done. But um, I wish we got to see him lightning bend a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. But I also like that he doesn't do it very much because... I at least associate lightning bending with like an inherently violent, angry part of firebending. Okay. I fully don't have that understanding. (laughs) I think it's just because of the characters that we most often see lightning. Okay. Yeah. And I think um, I've also read like a thing that says Zuko doesn't still doesn't actually know how to do it. He just learned how to redirect it. That is fair. Yeah. So it's like I guess, he's I guess that is her anger back at her. Mm-hmm. And I I like that. <laughs> but but I don't Lightning know. redirection is coping. <laughs> <laughs> but I just really like Zuko. I don't have a lot to say about him that hasn't already been said. So <laughs> Yeah. Marilyn, do you have anything to say on Zuko? Mm, yeah, I think I'm on the same boat as you guys. I'm trying to think of something new i mm-hmm. i will say this i i like the fact that i mean it is annoying at times where he like you think he's gonna do something good and then he goes back to being doing something just not good but i think that yeah. that shows the audience that even if you fail or even if you do something bad that doesn't mean that you have to stay in that position you can you can try again mm-hmm. and you can be mm-hmm. good again so I like that. And also, I, I like that when you compare him to Azula, I almost think of Azula as like a wildfire. And yeah. she just, like, you can't control her. You can't. She's just unhinged. And I think Zuko was, is maybe like the opposite of that. Like, he was also kind of a wildfire, but he was able to pull it back in and be more controlled. Yeah, that actually brought me to something I was thinking about earlier and that's like I think Zuko and Azula represent two like op- opposing sides of firebending yes. and just mm-hmm. fire as an element because like you said Azula is like a wildfire and then by the end of the series I see Zuko like a hearth fire like he keeps the people yeah. close to him warm he protects them he's like sustenance but if, but you still have to like be careful with it because it's still dangerous because it's fire. Yeah. I do really love that. And I love I love that kind of like phrasing for it, especially when he takes over as emperor. Like he is actively trying to rebuild such a broken world that his father had a hand in breaking. Yeah. Um, and he's desperately, desperately trying to like make this new world seem welcoming he wants the fire nation to right its wrongs and like be an ally instead of an enemy again so i I really love that phrasing um like a home kind of imagery for zuko 
Especially since he fights so hard to get a home (laughs) up until the end. I really Uh, love that. So then fully instrumental to Zuko's own character development, we have Iroh. I fucking love Iroh. (laughs) Iroh is really good. Um, (laughs) God, Iroh is like... He was so overtly horny for a lot of the show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like any scene with any older woman he was like sorry Zuko I cannot talk right now <laughs> the older woman in the tea I love yeah. when Zuko's like isn't all tea just hot leaf juice and he's like take it back <laughs> <laughs> holding back tears like, fucking say that to me again. <laughs> no son figure of mine will ever say that um, he's Ira's one of my a good character. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, it's God. I love him. Um, I love the whole like he kind of like saw the like <laughs> consequences of his actions, and he's like consistently mourning his son, but he doesn't take it out on like anybody. Like he realizes that it's bigger than like. Like the Earthbenders of Bossing Say, or like the Fire Nation as a whole. And he, like, he's so smart and strategic, too. It's very good. I like this character quite a bit. Um, and that's actually, you mentioned his son, and I really want to touch on one specific episode, mm-hmm. but later once we've introduced all the characters who are in it. Um, yes. So I just wanted to put that there. So I say it out loud so I don't forget later but <laughs> and then like also Zuko wasn't involved with the the gang until like the last arc so yeah. take he everything like Uncle Iroh yeah all of his development like stuff happens outside of them for the most part um but I think who's next is it is it my I girl guess, yeah the next major character would be Toph um, <laughs> I think the only things I tweeted out while I was watching this were about Toph. I want to establish <laughs> that right now. <laughs> I fucking adore Toph so much. <laughs> she is just essentially like, I am little and I will cause problems. <laughs> and I love that. So it's incredibly I, valid. I like Toph a lot. Toph is like, like how you feel about Katara is how I feel about Toph. That's fair, and that plays into their dynamic. She, she so. actively says things that antagonize everyone constantly. Um, yeah. Um. I really like her, and I really think, like Katara, she embodies Earth. Earth. So much, yeah. Yeah. Like, up to the point where she literally invents a whole new form of earth bending with is, metal bending. It's just wild because like all the other subsets of bending for the most part that I'm aware of have already been like established like blood bending yes. like it wasn't like a big thing but like it was pre-Katara lava bending was like um, Avatar Roku did it. Yes. Um, lightning bending already exists like there's a concept of all these like sub bendings, and then yes. Toph just fucking created another one. <laughs> it's 
Oh God, I think I just I really love her character. Um, she's blind, yes. so she um she never wears shoes, and she she sees by sensing things through the vibrations of the earth. So I I just I think that's a very cool character to include. Um, this this show really does include like a lot a lot more disabilities than like other shows of this time did. Like there was a refugee who lived in one of the air temples from like an earlier episode who was in a wheelchair and he like kind of glided around on like a glider made for his wheelchair and that's amazing and like <laughs> he's like the son but of an inventor really, so like <laughs> it's really cool but i do like Toph specifically because we do get other disabled characters like the kid in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and i think there's a few others later too there yeah hmm. But Toph is the only one where we actively see, oh, like, her family dynamic, where yeah. they're, like, because of her disability, she can't do anything. We won't let her do anything that we don't think is safe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then her- she consistently proves that, like, <laughs> it doesn't define her and she's better than everyone else. And also, like, she's incredibly safe and when Toph's around, no one else is. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. A Tumblr post where she's like where they talk about like how everybody is constantly killing people with their bending powers, but they don't realize it, but Toph is willingly and knowingly murdering. <laughs> she's so funny. I I fucking adore this character so much. Um <laughs> She's also, I believe, the youngest. I think she's younger than Aang. Yes, I think she's 11 when they find her but I could be so, wrong like, but she is younger than Aang she is the youngest she's baby she's small and she caused problem and <laughs> trifecta perfect character in my book honestly she is a pro wrestler when they meet her <laughs> <laughs> she actively wins all matches she's in and only yeah. lost to Aang because he could not earthbend and he was using airbending which she can't see sense because he's not on the ground so god she's so funny oh my god um the fa- like she just creates metal bending when like she gets kidnapped and she's like um i won't be dealing with this <laughs> metal bends her way out of a fucking cage and leaves yeah i she's love Tom. So- god i love her so much uh by far my favorite character and i i don't know I think it would probably be in Zuko if I watched this as airing because I was a child who had a type. So. <laughs> <laughs> but as of now, I fucking adore Toph. Um, let her commit crimes, I think. <laughs> I think that's my stance. She should have maybe committed more tax fraud than Kintara left. Yeah, and then instead they were like, she's a cop now. She's a cop now. Which... And then like, that's not correct and i no. will be suing nickelodeon <laughs> she traveled through the fire nation like conning people there's no way she's a cop <laughs> but i love this little child um she's she's not evil but she is very malicious <laughs> <laughs> i love and i love the the few episodes that we get where her she's part of the gang, and so she, because 
the conceit of like gathering all these different benders around Aang is so that he can learn the different yeah. um bending styles and like within a na- like a full world that's occupied by the Fire Nation who's actively seeking searching to destroy him, he has to find people outside of like traditional mediums to teach him this. So I love the little arcs where like they're in they're in some kind of like desert. It's like really close after they've got like agreed to gotten top to agree to teach him where her and Katar are both simultaneously trying to teach Aang water bending and earth bending. Yeah. And the dichotomy of their teaching styles is like again because mm-hmm. like as Marilyn said, they both are the most representative of their elements. So like their teaching styles on full force this is how you understand this element and that's like like I said earlier about how I feel like like on the spiritual side of things air and fire are opposed I feel like water and earth are too oh yeah because water is like mutable and ever changing and earth is not constant and like just it it exists without your opinion exactly (laughs) and that's how they both teach him and I really like the dichotomy between Katara and Toph, both when they're teaching him, but just in general. Yeah. Um, um, it makes sense they butt heads a lot. I would have preferred to see how a friendship with those two kind of thought patterns... I mean, like, they do kind of end up friends, but, like, they're not, like, the closest of the group. I think Toph is the closest to Sokka, which is <laughs> a wild thing to consider. It kind of makes sense, though. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't, I don't see Katara and Toph ever being super close. Yeah, just because Katara is mom friend and Toph is your child. Toph and Toph is demonic toddler friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but Toph I, is stealing crayons from I the CVS. Like, um, and that actually kind of. So now we have talked about all of Aang's teachers. Katara, Toph, and yes. Zuko. And I think they are all the perfect person to teach him the element, to even though him. I don't think Zuko embodies fire fully, because mm-hmm. Zuko represents fire in a way that Aang wants to learn fire, where it's not a destructive. Yeah. It's, there's so many layers to this. Yeah. Like, it's it's so well written. Um, we also do have to talk about Azula before That's what we, I was going to say. We like, have one more, like main main character to talk about and that is Zuko's sister Azula and she is who I feel truly embodies fire like Mm -hmm. just this unpredictable violent force of nature oh yeah it's she is genuinely terrifying yeah Um. (laughs) she's A very good villain. Like, 14 or whatever, and evil. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which, like, there's only two things you can be as a 14-year-old girl. (laughs) Evil or a horse girl. (laughs) But she is... I really like her because she... is basically... Like the same background and everything as Zuko, and went in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. 
Zuko said, I will never please him, so I'm just going to stop and be who I need to be. And Azula said, I'm going to keep trying and trying and trying until I become exactly like him. Yeah, and fucked up, dude. Yeah, it is. And also, like, she also has this the issue of feeling unloved by their mother, which, like, is fair because it at least, like, Zuko had a parent who, like, was capable of love and not just, like, good job c- inflicting violence. Yeah. Do not look at me for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of you. So. Um, there's, like. A, I, I fully get that, but. In the, like, canon comics, there's an arc after Zuko becomes Fire Lord where he takes Azula out of prison and they go to find their mother. And it's really, really good. Um. I would like to see Because, that. like, they find her, <laughs> but she went to the face changer and, like, changed her face so she doesn't remember anything. Oh, she wow. doesn't remember either of them, and she's married and has another kid. Um, Jesus. And Azula is like, okay, I will fucking kill you now. <laughs> and Nico <laughs> has to stop her, and then they get her memories back, and it's re- it's really good. And I, th- it was supposed to be a fourth season of the show, and the fourth season never got made, and they made yeah instead. But yeah, I would have liked a fourth season. Um, but... <laughs> Everyone would have liked a fourth season. <laughs> but yeah. perhaps when Cora comes in, I will look at it in a new lens. But oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I just I really love her as a villain. I love. Um, going back to. Her you saying like she's the most recognizing of like the power of non-benders she has essentially like an elite squad to back her up and they're both non-benders exactly like she Uh, understands how powerful in the most evil sense yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's um it's a little because like they're scary um and also like i don't know how Ty Lee put up with Azula at all, but <laughs> just because, like, that's a whole different vibe uh, personality-wise. Yeah. But, I mean, like, again, there's so much already said about Azula, and I can't do it justice, personally. Uh, she's terrifying, she's well-written, I I just really think that she's an amazing villain. Uh, I'm content with not getting a redemption arc for her. I know that was the intent for the fourth season, but I think she's written so well. Yeah, like in the fourth season, in the comics that were what the fourth season would have been based off of, she would not have gotten a redemption. Oh. She's, it's basically Zuko recognizes that she's too violent and unpredictable to ever be able to be a part of the family and part of society again. Hmm. I think because her mental break was done really so well. bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I really like how Katara was the one to really like end her ter- reign of terror. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good moment for Katara because up until that point, I don't think Katara really got, like, a big victory under her belt. Not really. Like, all of her victories before came at a price. 
But then against Azula, it's just like, yeah, I beat you. Deal with it. <laughs> she, it's just amazing that she was able to outsmart Azula, who, like, has consistently, like, been three steps ahead of them the entire time that she's been going up against them. Yeah. So, very good. Um, I also think, I think she just... Like, we already touched on the voice acting and stuff, and how they should not have cast white voice actors. Mm-hmm. But I do think Grey Delisle did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, the like, I can, she I can just hear it when I see Azula. Yeah. Like... Just, yeah. yeah like, like, I don't even know what I'm, like... Just... She yeah, portrays no. it so well. She really brought the character to life. It's just because, again, this character, like, it's demanding of a lot of, like, performance to deliver those lines. Like, a lot of them, it's just like, all right, you're a kid. Do that. But, like, Azula is fully just, like, a character. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like, she delivers it so well. Um, it's. It threw me a little bit. She sounded very adult, but... Yeah, she does sound very adult, but I still think it works for the character. And, like, I just wanted to give a little shout-out there because, like, Grey Delisle is one of my favorite voice actors of all time. She also did, like, Catwoman for the Arkham games and stuff. Mm -hmm. But now that we've kind of introduced everybody, I wanted to talk about the Tales of Ba Sing Se episode specifically because it's normally the kind of episode in a show that I like hate because it's like each character off on their own doing something that's not really plot relevant Mm -hmm. but it just worked so well like it was so well written and it actually did add something to each character because we have like I like we have Katara and Top actually bonding and like Mm -hmm. I just really like that scene because it's like we don't see them bond very often and it's just nice. Yeah. And then we have Zuko. They spend a lot of their time together. And then we have Zuko going on a really <laughs> awkward date. His first date. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's so sweet. <laughs> um, oh my god. Angus looking for Appa because he's still missing at that point. Um, and he like mm-hmm. frees a bunch of like he like helps basically create a wilderness Ew. preserve for all these animals that were being like mistreated. Um, Sokka like gets into um, a battle of wits with a school teacher. <laughs> it's really stupid, but it's funny. And then we have Iroh, which, which is like, why I wanted to talk about the episode because like yeah. It's the episode where we find out his son died in the war, and like you wait so long for that information, and it's just and then it has a double meaning. It hits you. The last episode with the original voice actor of Iroh before he died. Yeah, yeah. It's Um, like God. I like I literally cry every fucking time. uh, Yeah, like it's. I think maybe that's the shortest little tale in the whole episode it is it's like it's like three or four minutes at the most but it hits so hard yeah Yeah. leaves from the vine the lyrics and it just 
Uh, mm-hmm. It makes me tear up every time because it's so. Yeah, literally, just like thinking about it, <laughs> like tearing up a little <laughs> bit. I just, I love Iro so much. He, and God, it really like the reason he's doing this for Zuko is really like you get a deeper understanding for that as well. It's like, yeah, trying to help, trying to save as much of his family as he can. Done went through. Yeah. Well, doesn't um, Iro say at one point that I think of you as a son, and Zuko is like yeah. taken yeah. aback a little. Yeah. And then, like, just, just the added, like, they almost didn't include that part until the voice actor died. And then they decided I to put it in as a tribute for him. And I'm like, like, I can't deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I good. can't imagine, like, that whole arc without that episode. Like, honestly. Like, it's a, yeah. Oh. The opposite's very distressing. Um, but, like, no emotional payoff the same way I got for like that little bit of Iroh. No, exactly. Like I like the other parts of the episode, but that is the part that makes that a quintessential episode. Mm-hmm. Like I just think the whole the whole storyline within Bossing Say is my favorite. Just because like I think it's the darkest, which says a lot about me. Uh <laughs> But well, because there's the, the, whole, the whole, like, like, there is no war in Bossing Say. Yes, the, the brainwashing of an entire nation, and like to the point where the the king doesn't even know. Yeah. Well, and then it's we have like the little things like Judy gets replaced, mm-hmm. and they pretend like it's the exact same person, but it's like obviously yep. not. And then Jet is probably dead. I don't really like Jet anyways, but but he's yeah. dead. No one cares about <laughs> Jet. We won't talk about him further. Um, that's That arc is one of my favorites. I also really like the arc leading up to their first attempt to attack the Fire Nation. Um, mm. Because it has like the bloodbending episode, which is probably my favorite so singular good. episode. Because it's just oh my God. so well done. And then we have like the episode where Aang hasn't slept in like four days and he starts hallucinating, which is just like the fun. Yeah, Alpha and Momo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like ridiculous like anime dreams. I also really like the episode with the swamp benders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the blue spirit. Like, Swamp classic. Yeah. Everybody who was into Zuko as a kid liked the blue spirit. Like, we're not gonna. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> um, mentioning it for you, Zuko fuckers. <laughs> also, if you're, if you are of an adult age, you cannot label yourself a Zuko fucker. No. I'm sorry. Like, he didn't like I can say <laughs> when I was like twelve and watching it, like, yeah, there was something there. But now I'm watching it and I'm like, that's a fifteen year old. That's a child. A literal child. And you should feel bad about sexualizing him. I feel like we don't take the stance on a lot of the children's media we review, but let it be known. 
your childhood crushes cannot morally carry over if you're still viewing media where they are children. No, exactly. The only person And I know Zuko's a big one for that. The only person you're legally allowed to fuck from Avatar if you're an adult. Uncle Iroh. (laughs) Iroh gets fucking beefed as all hell (laughs) in that like his last couple. Iroh is the bi representation. <laughs> You're fucking obligated to want to fuck Arrow. <laughs> I make I'm sorry. old men brigade to attack the fire. <laughs> <laughs> he did with Aang's crazy fucking friend. Yeah. Oh, I also want to briefly talk about the past avatars that we see in the show. Um, Kyoshi's because Kyoshi hilarious. Kyoshi is the most powerful character of all time. <laughs> Kiyoshi shows up and she's like, Yeah, I killed him. What about it? <laughs> Bye. She doesn't even wait for like it. She's like, This is Aang's problem to deal with after. She's like, Yeah, they were attacking us. So I used my powers to create a whole fucking island and then murder him. And that's his own fault. And then I also just really, really like Avatar Roku because mm-hmm. he's just a sweet old man. Who got fucked over by his country. Yeah. I love. Also the whole thing the with la- like. Um, Zuko and Azula's mom is descended from Roku. And then their dad is obviously descended from. The Fire Lord at the time. Who was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. who was best friends with Roku. But then killed him. It's oh my god. It's so a good. Great- a great insight to that character. I don't know if it was strictly needed, but uh, it was. It was needed. It's fun. Good. Uh, I liked it. Um, overall, really fucking loved Avatar. It's a great story. It's so easy to watch. Um, yeah, it, it's so good. Like, there's deeper stuff, but overall, it's also still just really fun to watch. Oh, yeah. like it's not. Because it was released for a target demographic of children, it doesn't get like bogged down with the heavy stuff like some adult shows do. Mm-hmm. There's like a really nice balance of it. It it doesn't hurt to watch, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you could spend hours talking about Avatar because there's so much, like you said, there's so many layers yeah, yeah. that you yeah, can like, get into. Like, we're over we've, an hour right now, and we've barely scratched yeah. the surface. <laughs> and, like, I'm not going to put, like, the viewers through a, a coven-type episode again. No, 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 no. <laughs> we fully could for Avatar, um, and I would have fun doing it, but... <laughs> but for your sake, <laughs> we will leave it <laughs> at a really, sake. really fucking good show, and you should watch watch it. To cap off, do we want to maybe um, guesstimate what kind of benders we would be? Sure. Um, <laughs> so do we want to like reveal what we think we are and then go from there? I don't. So every quiz I think, yeah, I've ever know. taken says that I am a water bender. I can see that. I wouldn't fight that. I don't think. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. I think it's 
as accurate as we can get um, without <laughs> having written. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think, like, I agree with that. I think if I wasn't water, I would be fire. Okay. But I think water is fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I get, okay. <laughs> Do you want to go? Yeah, go um, ahead. Um, so, kind of like Josh, every single quiz I've taken, I've gotten an airbender. But I okay. took those quizzes when I was younger, and I really just wanted to be an airbender. So I'm not sure <laughs> if that changed my results. But now that I'm older and I've grown to know my emotions more and myself more, I might say I'm a firebender. Okay. Okay. Honestly, I would have said waterbender for you, but... <laughs> I was actually going to say, like, I don't know you as well as Tegan, obviously, but I would have said air for you. But yeah, I fully, like, I think it's just hard to visualize what an airbender is for me, just because my exposure is Aang, and clearly he's, like, the avatar. Right. So Yeah. I also will yeah, add... I, I don't think it'll be... I just pulled up my most recent quiz I took, which wasn't super long ago. Most of them were, but this mm-hmm. one was pretty recent on Tumblr. And it wasn't just water, it was specifically Bloodbender. So I don't know what to do with that information, but... Yeah, I don't... I don't know if that's correct. Um, but that's still technically a waterbender, so... Yeah. No matter how you look at it, I it's don't know water. It's, yeah. I think maybe it's just like Josh has the capability of of murder, <laughs> and we should um, that's what I, be wary of that. I could see it like for myself, like Katara, where I'm capable of it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I have morals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I don't. I don't think. I think as a child, you know yourself pretty well. Uh, um. Anyway, so I don't think you're want and desire to be an airbender is incorrect i don't know if i would say firebender for you that's fair i don't i've never once um like i don't know like you don't seem malicious and that's what i kind of associate firebending with Uh, yeah (laughs) i'm like marilyn wouldn't hurt me (laughs) yeah i guess it does depend also like how you view that element Mm -hmm. but i could see Firebender in the sense of how we talked about Zuko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have... Um, again, I had no understanding of Avatar up until, like, this year. So, <laughs> all the quizzes I took, I was um, just the most uh, confusing results, I think. The most recent one I took was Waterbending. But um, I also kind of operated as a firebender uh, in my youth. But I think now, like, having seen the show and also having been told by a lot of my family members, uh, I come off as an earthbender. I was actually just about to say, I think you're an earthbender. (laughs) I don't think it's incorrect. (laughs) Really? I don't know. I can just see. Maybe it's because, like, Personality-wise, I see you most like Toph of the like main ones. And let's yeah, 
So that might be Again, not the only reason I see you as Earthbender, but I see Earthbender. I fully accept Earthbender. Um, <laughs> I, I think it makes sense. I feel like I've always seen you as an airbender. Okay. <laughs> Just because you, I don't know, I, I, I think you're very smart and you're able to detach your emotions from your thinking like you're able to be very logical and maybe maybe that's just how i see air but i I can see earthbender too Mm. that's how i see earthbending so i think we're coming from the same place Mm -hmm. we just have a different understanding of the elements which is very cool yeah interesting i see like earth i think as like the being able to detach yourself from things i see airbending like accepting them and being at peace with them more Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's just I I can see that as being applicable to both but I think airbending is more of a gentler approach to that and I don't think at all that I am gentle enough with emotions <laughs> <laughs> but again like this is a very like biased opinion of myself yeah like you're obviously going to be the hardest on yourself so like I'm going to go to the more negative way I view that but, like, I don't know. I, I think airbending is very, like, <laughs> surprising. But I'm going to take it as a compliment <laughs> for how I view it. You know, it. this <laughs> might just also be because I'm really into astrology. And I'm over here, just <laughs> all the elements. <laughs> You're assigning me my star if it's, signs if it's by Yeah, if it's by your sun sign, then I'm a firebender. <laughs> <laughs> And Marilyn would be a waterbender. So I think maybe <laughs> I think maybe we've just been going off of that. Uh, but okay, this is officially like way too long. I, we could talk about like our own like we could just keep going forever. <laughs> for like a full episode in itself. <laughs> and we will. But uh, <laughs> next bonus episode we get everybody in, in on the podcast <laughs> the whole D group what is your bender <laughs> Which, what bender are you uh, but so we should end it here yeah uh, you can follow us on twitter we're at uh dumb binge binge we have a patron obviously um we're gonna continue to p- plug donation links instead of the patreon this month uh, up until the foreseeable future, I think, until we see like some actual acknowledgement or change from our government regarding Black Lives Matter, I I don't think it's appropriate for us to continue our Patreon. Uh, yeah, like chilling. <laughs> it'll still be up there, but we would rather you donate to the links that we put underneath the tweets. Yeah, they're gonna be um, in the tweet under the episode tweet thread twitter does not allow me to put more than one link in a tweet and if it's the episode tweet i can't put that under the donation link so it's going to be in the description for the episode regardless uh any way that you can donate at all or even just retweeting the link uh it can do nothing but help so just ask that you do that um what is our next week (laughs) Ninja Turtles, I believe. <laughs> Good. Not, uh, not 100% sure because I don't have it open in front of me like I usually do. 
but yeah, I usually I believe it is the turtles. Let me so. just check. Yeah, um, join us next week for the first two installments of the very first live action Ninja Turtle movies. Uh- very late. It was originally supposed to be in May. Yeah, um, I turned 23 on the 23rd, and that was going to be our episode. <laughs> Did not happen, so we're moving it to after Avatar <laughs> because I want to talk about the Ninja Turtle movie. Uh, and we shall. Um, we we I will at the very least. You can have an hour of just me. That's I don't fair. know if Josh will be able to speak. Um, <laughs> I have some things to say, not a lot, so. I don't know if I'll allow you to speak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, at, at this point, please watch Avatar. Uh, if you have any thoughts on what we would be as benders, leave them in some comments on this episode. I would love to see it. Yeah. Because I'm, none of us know. <laughs> I'm curious what a complete stranger would think. Stranger. <laughs> but um, if you have the money, donate to the donation link that's going to be in the description and under the tweet. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been Dumb Binge Binging.